one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hi, this is the audio version of the Cultaholic Classic Nitro Review. You can watch the video version and take part in a future episode by going to patreon.com forward slash Cultaholic. It's showtime, folks! This is where the big boys play, huh? Woo! He's ready! It's gonna be the biggest battleground in the history of our sport. Classic Nitro Review. Look at that noise to start your day. What a joy <laughs> for getting in your car. It's the Cold Classic Nitro Review. I'm Tom Campbell. This is WCW Boy Sound Driver. All right. With some funky new glasses if you're watching on the Patreon. I've had them ages, mate. Why have I never seen them? Because you never pay attention. I don't look into your you eyes. You call enough. Nitro this week yourself. <laughs> oh, no. Not, ag- <laughs> not again. I like them, though. Where do you get them from? Uh, the Specsaver Specials, mate. Ooh. Like the two for, it's like two for 50 unless you've got Sam's eyes, at which point it's two for 50 and then about 200 quid on lenses. Do you not think it's very cruel that society says you have to spend money because you have bad yeah, eyes? Yeah, it's fucking bullshit. It's it fucking is, it? bullshit. It really but if, is. if they were to give you free glasses, I'd be back to because I've worn glasses since I was like two. Mm. So, like, um, I'd be back to like the Deirdre Barlow's. Oh, Which, the old you know, national health back, but yeah, yeah, when they're like mass produced national health glasses, nah. Do you get that option? Uh, I don't anymore. I used to as a kid, but I I don't get, uh, I don't know. Like, mate, honestly, I I don't really know enough about uh, what I'm like. Allowed. Allowed? Under those? Like, I just never check. I just kind of got used to paying for them. And it's fucking extortion. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, do you want the anti-scratch? It's like, it never works. (laughs) <laughs> these are supposed to be like polarized to a degree nah it's like just an extra 70 80 quid per thing and they just don't do it they are yeah. very polarizing one of them <laughs> one of them has got a very strong opinion on the economy yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, no, but do you have lenses as well did you no, try the lenses? I, I uh i can't touch my eyeballs no can't do it can't do it what happens to you? Explode? No, I just I freak out. I'm I'm like weird. There's like parts of my uh, like shoulder or my neck. If somebody touches my neck without me knowing, I go all weird. Ooh. Like I'm, uh, I I just I can get like really hypersensitive skin. So if like somebody oh. kind of makes me go all like funny, <laughs> then like my skin's super sensitive for like the rest of the day. Ooh. And it's just kind of like uh... so glasses. So glasses is really more so you have to touch your eye. That, and I, the I like them. I, yeah, don't, I don't so much mind glasses. Some people suit glasses. You suit glasses. I've just worn them my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just too used to it now. Weird to think of you without glasses. Yeah. I I kind of, I used to have such awful ones though. Like, you know, and they, they were all kind of like, 
you late 90s, early 2000s, where they yeah. were just like the frames were getting smaller and smaller. And oh, God, they're just the worst. And the frames are getting bigger now. In terms yeah, of I like, like, I like fat frames. Changing sizes. Fat frames are the boy. They change sizes, don't they? Although these aren't really that fat, but you know what I mean. You got a new phone recently as well. I, d- I got a new phone yesterday. I was gonna, I was gonna talk to you about these because I, I got an upgrade the other week as well, and yeah. so I've got the iPhone 13 because I'm just a weird iPhone. Well, I, I went for the Google one for the first time. How are you finding the Google phone? I realised very quickly after you know I didn't buy it outright. Fucking ridiculous! How much phones <laughs> no, cost now? No, of course not. So like, I found out Google. You can actually like, uh, like anything they sell, you can usually get it. You know, like you would on a normal phone contract. So like. You want a phone, but you've already got a SIM card. You just buy the unlocked one, pay it off monthly, which is what I'm doing. Oh. Uh, but like, I, I realized the second I turned it on, I was like, I don't really give a shit about phones anymore. Oh. Like, why have I, like, why have I spent a load of money? It's got a good camera, but I was like, that's about like it, really. I don't really mm. think of features on phones anymore. You remember when you'd be like, when the first iPhone came out and it was just apps galore. Yeah. And now it's just like, I as long as it's got a good camera, it's all that really matters. And now I'm kind of like, ah, oh, it's a lot of money over the next two years. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was the same with, it's. I'm I'm in the same boat as you because yeah. I upgraded mine. I was doing upgrades. I thought, well, yeah. you know what? I'll get the new one, but I'll get the smaller one. So, and it's, which is a bit strange. Because in terms of like the dimensions, it looks yeah. like the iPhone 6. Yeah, but it kind of, it, it looks kind of like the iPhone 4S as well. Mm. Like the, that was like my favorite one. Was it the 4S? Like one of the, it was like white with a silver edge. It was beautiful. But what in, to go back to what you say about like, you know, I'm really not bothered anymore because yeah. you do a thing when you get them where with the iPhone, you go, put your old iPhone over the top of it and it yeah. will just copy everything over oh, and you're good can, to go. This one can do like wireless charging of other phones. It charges other phones. So if, like some, if, if I'm with somebody who has a wirelessly charging phone and they're running oh out of battery, God. you can like you turn on the setting, you put it, you just kind of put it down on top and it'll start to charge oh, and wizardry. you kind of receive... Yes, yeah, so you can wirelessly charge. It's all fancy, but yeah. ultimately, installed the apps, and and I was like, oh. Well, that's it. I didn't even get the joy of installing the apps again. <laughs> it just, I went, oh, this oh, looks I exactly hate, like I hate my the other transfer. phone. Like, that's why I stopped getting iPhones the second that started happening because it just, I think that's what killed the joy in new phones for me. Yeah. When uh, it was just kind of like, hey, you want a brand new phone? Yeah, okay, just press this button, and it's your old phone. It just cost you an arm and a leg. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, same wallpaper and everything. Great. <laughs> cool. That's how exciting for me. Yeah. But, no, I, but the thoughts on it early on, not that you're bothered. Yeah, it's, it's fine. pretty good, yeah. It's a phone. Yeah. It's a good phone. Yeah. It's the Google Pixel is the one that I've seen advertised. And it's a weird sort of dystopian future style advert yeah. where it's like a photo of these, uh, it's like this this lovely, cool gang of people yeah. having a great time at a carnival. And they go, get rid of things in the photos you don't yeah, like. you can remove people. And there's like, yeah. And there's a person behind holding some I balloons. I call it the Stalin feature. It is a bit in yeah. it. Because even the line they use at the end where they say, there you go, a perfect photo, just like your memories. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, that it's sounds just, a bit like you're wiping memory. Like, hey, you got Leon Trotsky, you don't want him in there? Boop, gone. Yeah. yeah. And plus, what if that guy's an accessory to murder? We need a photo of the guy to no, prove no, that he was boop, there. Gone. No, we've got rid of him. Yeah. He's not, he was never there. <laughs> It was just, it was, it's the, I think it's the line where it's like, perfect, just like your memories. I think, I think the one Google, thing, we the control one your memories. I got memory. this, though, over everything else. Everything else has got like nine million fucking cameras on the back of it. <laughs> it That's just, a whole lot of line it's, of it's cameras, a, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but it's all like neat 
Ah, it's, it's like enough. in a neat row. And once the yeah. case is on it, it doesn't stick out too much. But like when I see like there's, I think there's a new Samsung one. There's like six lenses, and I'm like, mm. what's the like? This is the most gimmicky looking thing I've ever seen. And they in my sell life. it like it's a feature. Six whole camera lenses. Yeah, and it, it's like you might use you might use one of those lenses a couple of times, taking like you know a, a slightly wider group shot. Like this has mm. a zero point seven zoom, <laughs> so you can like if you take a selfie, like oh, a bit, bit fucking close to the camera there, my face looks huge. You can press the zero point seven, and your face just goes. Oh. And it makes you like all uh, thin. So I don't need to diet anymore. I'm just back on the pizza. <laughs> makes you thin and perfect. Camera's going to take care of everything, guys. Just like your <laughs> memories. Uh, let's go back before the time when we had Nokia 3310s. Oh. Even before? I think before we're before then. We, then, were, then, we, were we? On, we were on what? Motorola? Oh, just about a Motorola. Yeah. Hello, Moto. Uh, Barely. Not Babilis. That's a hair company. What's it? Alcatel. <laughs> Alcatel. Alcatel. Oh, they were, the, they were like the dirt cheap mobile phones, yeah. weren't and they? And you'd buy a phone from, and it would come with a SIM card from one-to-one. Oh, would you like to have a one-to-one with? It would have it had like one-to-one branded on the phone and everything. Oh, yeah. we're in glory days. We're back in <laughs> 1995. You may be getting one for Christmas. I was about to be like, when you could beat somebody to death with a phone, but they're so big now. You they're can going do it back anyway. the other yeah. way. They're becoming <laughs> weapons again. And then yeah. when you do beat someone to death, you can just be removed from the background of photos while you're yeah. doing it. Whoop! Perfect, like your memories. <laughs> Uh, we're back in 95 uh, for WCW Monday Nitro. We're watching week to week. We've just yep. watched World War Three. Thank you very much for Jesus. joining us for that it one. It feels like we've been through it, doesn't it? It feels a little Jesus. Like... My it body feels like I've been through World War III. terrible show. It was flipping <laughs> awful. Flipping awful. It was a socially distanced one as well. It uh, was, yeah. Can, can How are reveal. you doing? I'm fine. Yeah. Still got it. Small Still got it. Yeah. Could you imagine? What a surprise. Still got it. I'd just be like... <gasps> <laughs> Inhale it all. Drinking all the cove. Uh, yeah, I started testing negative over the weekend. So I was like, oh, God, I can get back That's to good. work now. But yeah, it just it hit me like a bus for about three days. Yeah. And, uh, and then I was fine again. <laughs> really Mine weird. Was like, it was sort of like, here's a sore throat. Here's some chills. <laughs> Here's a bit of sickness. And then it was like, you're all right. You're all right. Yeah. And then you'd sit up too fast and the entire room would just go. Whoa, 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 whoa. And I'd be like, I'm just going to lie down again. That's that's pretty much what mine yeah. <laughs> I got annoyed because I was just like, I've got stuff to do this week. Yeah. So I just like just just took as many ibuprofen as I was allowed to take. Yeah. Drank a lot of Benlin yeah. and then a bit of night nurse for bed. And then just wrapped myself up because I was in the spare room as well. Yeah. I didn't want to infect Alex. So I was I was having like multiple layers of clothing on. I just yeah. sweated it out through the night. Well, it's nice shower you got through it day. without any bleach or anything. Yeah, you know? yeah I didn't yeah. need any bleach or any 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 horse tooth. Tide pods were they? No, tide pods were before. Oh, tide pods were pre. Yeah, that was just. Hey, look, I'm a cool kid. That's just stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> hey, kids, eat tide. Don't eat tide yeah. pods for the love of God. Now got through it without having to use any sort of like like was it horse toothpaste? Or? Oh God, I don't even know. But that, imagine imagine clarity? if imagine if another trend was actually the secret miracle kit like planking. Planking on a McDonald's sign <laughs> will cure it. Horse meat Finder's crispy pancakes yeah. cures COVID. Oh, there's a throwback. The problem is they haven't tasted the same since. No. Uh, but no, but we're back together and we are, we're back watching uh, Nitro week to week. So we are heading into November 27th, 1995 yes. for this week. Uh, the ratings for last week, Raw got 2.3. Okay. Nitro 2.5. That's good, that. So this was, this was Sting and uh, Hogan up against uh, Shawn Michaels. WCW's better than the Fed. There you go. Eat it for at least this week. All time. <laughs> As Brew history will tell that story. Look, look, 40 Towers, right? Yeah. You know, you end, with, you end on, like, when, it, when it's good. You end on top. That's what WCW did. It makes it to 1997. 
and then it just stops. Nothing, <laughs> it just disappears into the ether. What's funny is, <laughs> and I, I love doing these classic reviews and how like the, <clears throat> the, 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 the timelines collide. Yeah. So we're here chatting about, hey, Nitro's on top, brilliant. Yeah. On Saturday's classic SmackDown review, we're going to be talking about a press release sent out from Titan uh, regarding the purchase of a certain wrestling promotion. <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> the end is already My assured. Head went straight to the Ted Turner beware one. <laughs> Vince took out a whole ad in some like financial paper, just like, Turner investors beware. He Ted's did... wasting your money. He did warn him. Yeah. <laughs> it took him, <laughs> took him five years. He time warned him. Oh. <laughs> Tape! Oh, we're flying already. Uh, let's, let's end the podcast while we're ahead. Uh, so, in the real world, number <laughs> <laughs> Flip the tables. Number one in the UK box office is Golden Eye. Makes sense. God, you forget it was that long ago, oh, don't you? Oh, yeah. Pierce I always Pro-Am's feel like that bomb. was like 97, 90, but no, it's not. Like, oh, no. man. Brosnan's first time as Bond. Yeah. That was a good one. Uh, number one in the, in the US box office, Toy Story. Yeah. It took seven years from conception to completion. I, uh, he went back and watched it recently. Yeah. Oh, it's a hard watch. I don't think, it, I don't know. I think it's not, it's not perfect. It's a bit no, clunky. It, it's, it's just how far animations come, isn't it? I wonder whether you as an editor watch it in very different lens to I, m- like, a muggle. Initially, I can still watch the film. It's still great. I mean, mm. Christ, it's still Toy Story. It's one of the best animated films ever made. Yeah. But, uh, it, it's, and that first half hour or so is just really distracting. Every time I put it on now, because it's a bit like, oh, God, oh, it's quite clunky. And then you, you get lost in it, and it's fine. It's but, a bit jarring so yeah. early on. But it was, at the time, it blew our minds. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Blew our minds. Um, it was the first but, thing I saw in the cinema. It was either that or the Flintstones, although I can't remember if I saw the Flintstones in the cinema. Which Flintstones was it? Would it have been the John Goodman The John Goodman one. With Carl no. McLachlan and uh, who else? Sh- Sh- Hal Berry Rock. was in it. Halle Berry, yeah. Um, um, and others, another one. Rick Moranis it? played Barney. Rick Moranis. Oh, man. Rick Moranis. And then they did another one where they had all different actors. It was that was St- Stephen Baldwin. Played. They did, yeah, they did Viva Rock Vegas <laughs> with one of the Baldwins. <laughs> Stephen Baldwin and and hit Officer Boyle from the Thin Blue Line. Yeah. <laughs> Who became a big star in America for a little bit? Yeah, just a little a, bit. He had a sitcom. Was where it he was not an Mark Addy? I don't know what his name was. Was it not Mark Addy? I don't know. What, hang on, I'm have to I thought it now. was Mark Addy playing Fred Flintstone. I'll have to check. I might be thinking of a different one. Officer Boyle. Because Mark Addy's just one of the finest. Line. Um, who? Uh, thin, hang on. I'm going to have a look at Flintstone's V. We'll get to Nitro just, in yeah, a Yeah, just Viva Rock Vegas. Viva That's all Rock you had to Vegas. search, Tom. God. I, sh- I should have done I'll Everybody's be, judging you right now. Trying to be too clever. Yeah, no. Mark, yeah Mark Addy. Mark Office, Addy, yeah. Officer Boyle from, yeah. from uh, the Thin Blue Line. And and Robert Baratheon from Game of Thrones. Baratheon and, from uh, Game of Thrones. What do you Gimble call it? What was his character name in the Full Monty? It's one of my favorite ever performances he gives. <laughs> um, oh, man. It, like, he's such a good actor. Such an underrated actor. He is Thin Blue Line. Isn't he? I haven't mixed him up with somebody else. I ha- it's fine. I haven't. He was in Thin Blue Line as well. <laughs> I like how everyone's going Game of Thrones, Flintstones, this and this and this. But I'm just going Thin Blue Line, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Boyle from the Thin he Blue Line. He was on episode 16 of Taggart in 1984. That's that's it. If you're in Taggart, you've made it. <laughs> um, fun. Some fun facts about Toy Story. I've got these fun facts on Atkins when we yeah. did this week. Um, Buzz was meant to be a tin soldier. Okay. And Woody was meant to be a ventriloquist dummy. Well, thank fuck they didn't go with those two routes because that would have been dead in the water. And terrifying. Yeah. Ventriloquist dummies suck. 
Yeah. Even as a kid in the 90s when, you know, toys weren't quite as uh, progressed as, as they are now. You knew it'd be rubbish. Uh, but yeah, we had like action figures, man, with like points of articulation and shit. We had Megazords. <laughs> we don't want Tin Soldier. We did have Megazords. When's it going to be set? This like 19 Dickety 3. <laughs> like, who's got a Tin Soldier? Is it Christmas? <laughs> it's a nutcracker. Like, it's the type of thing you'd put around, yeah, by like a nutcracker. <laughs> <laughs> There's a very different <laughs> Toy Story, which features a wood, which features a Nutcracker. Oh yes, soldier. yeah. Uh, number one in the UK music charts is I Believe slash Up on the Roof by Robson and Jerome. Okay, still hanging in still there, still clawing to that fucking position. Number one in the US music charts, uh, Exhale by Whitney Houston. Nice, finally knocking Mariah Carey off a perch. Thank fuck for that from the movie Waiting to Exhale. Nice. So there you go. Not one of Whitney's I miss most when movies are proper fucking tie-in songs. Mm. Now it's just like, hey, we got like an artist to to do like the curate the soundtrack, and they did some tracks. Meaning, hey, this artist has a couple of tracks we were listening to during production. I thought it'd be a cool idea. Let's bring him in and do it. There's no like tie-in epic, ridiculous Phil Collins Tarzan video anymore. There's like none, and I know it's a ridiculous amount of money to spaff at something so vain. But I I I love movie tie-in songs. I, I think they're just brilliant. Where do you sit on We Don't Talk About Bruno? Uh, we don't talk about Bruno, no, no, no. That's, that's, no a tie. that's, that's from Encanto, but that was specifically for Encanto. Yeah, I, uh, no, it, it needs to no. be like a big cheesy, like, like it has to have a full-blown awful video where you see the entire film, uh, the entire film condensed to two yeah. and a half minutes. Like Phil and, Collins, you know, like, yeah. Emotional shots of Phil Collins walking through water and on the water is like Tarzan being projected in the rain, like that. That level of cheesy shit. Like Michael like, Bay, like Michael Bay's meatloaf videos that cost like oh. 12 mil a piece. They cost like 12 mil a piece. And then it's OK Go it. come along and fuck up the entire industry by doing the, their amazing, stupid fucking treadmill video. <laughs> that proved, quid. Yeah, that proved that music videos don't need huge amounts of money. And rather than that money then going back to like fresh filmmakers, it just goes into the, the pockets of, of um, record labels. Have you got an opinion on this? Oh, yes. Thinly veiled opinion there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just I miss like Sam Bayer's music videos, man. Like the one he did for Coma White by Marilyn Manson, where it's like the procession, and it's like um, like John F. Kennedy in Dallas. It, it's all just shot in very slow motion, and like his Smashing Pumpkins shit. Oh my god! What's man. the what's the most recently been? Uh, would you class an epic music video? I don't even watch them anymore because mm. it got to a point where music videos were all like, "Here's a cheesy story about a couple," or like it's just a performance video, and it, it's just. I don't know. It it it, it kind of it, it just sucked all the joy out of because like sitting mm. watching MTV two and seeing some like even when like you'd have like Pixies when Pixies found out here comes your ma no sorry Valoria was gonna be on top of the pops and it was like okay well we know you can't make it um, we need the music video and it was like we don't have a fucking music video uh, so they just went down to a quarry shot twenty five seconds of them running over some rocks like racing to the camera and stretched it out for the whole song and it's brilliant really like, is that just, what just, did? just like little things like that I always really love like talking heads videos and it's just not the same anymore man and and I hate that, that people now feel the need and this is something I'm really passionate about I hate that people feel the need now when they've directed a music video to slap it on there like this is a blah presentation fuck off it's the music people are there to see the music <laughs> like, yeah like, they're not you invested you're not Quentin Tarantino motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> if no, Quentin he... Tarantino directs your video yeah you can slap his name on it 
Like I don't when it's like uh, an ex product. Nah, nah. But they're obviously on. trying to be a Quentin. Oh, you Tarantino want no? It, it, it's it's the way to get your name out there, and it, it's historically something where you know you'd only have if you were watching MTV like name of song, name of artist, video directed by X. Yeah. And there's a lot more than just a director that goes into a music video, like for sure. But I don't know. I just like that the music video kind of pops up like a giant advert, fucks off and leaves. Yeah. Like all of the, uh, like, you know, the, you know, all of your big directors like Ridley Scott and stuff, they all still do corporate work. Like they still, it's like Coca-Cola needs an ad campaign. Cheers. I'll take that 10 mil, mm -hmm. but they don't slap their name on it. No. You know, you might read about it in a trade publication. Go, oh, he did that. Oh, nice. Yeah. They want to. They, they want to put their. They want to be known to put their name to certain things. Yeah. Yeah. A Ridley Scott. Commercial. But I. I don't know. I. I've always felt that the music video is is like it is kind of like a thankless task, but you can make something epic with it. You can have some fun with yeah. it. Yeah. You really can. I feel like a lot of music videos now seem to be cameo led, and that's kind of the fun of them. No. 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 Music video. Uh, uh, I'm only wait, thinking of Elton John and Ed Sheeran's Merry can, Christmas, everyone, no, which was full of cameos. No. I want music videos that look like they were made on meth. That's what I want. <laughs> but the, but the, El <laughs> but the, but they, they're uh, talking of Elton, um, you just to, to loop this back yeah. quite nicely, <laughs> um, you mentioned about how, like, you miss those epic yeah. uh, music videos attached to films. Yeah. Elton John's video for Can You Feel the Love Tonight? Yeah. In which he was stood in the animation. Or Simba ran around yeah, him. Like Brian Adams with the, the spirit soundtrack. Just oh. just really, really, really well done. Like so many, so many good ones. Really want to listen to the Tarzan soundtrack now from Phil Collins. Y you do, but you, you'll get about halfway into it and be like, hey. <laughs> it was, it was better. Yeah, I, th I think the first couple of songs you're yeah. in and then he's like, okay, you've, yeah. you've, 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 <laughs> all you've, right, Phil, you, we get you it. You blew your load we quite early, it. Phil. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Collins. <laughs> um, Enrique Iglesias released his debut album this particular week in the year of our Lord, 1995. Nice. In Spanish, top the Latin album charts. He'd go on to win a Grammy for it, and he'd do all right, would, be, would Enrique? Yeah, just a little Son bit. Son of Julio. Yeah. He'd do all right. You know, big shoes to fill. Uh, in video game world, uh, do you remember The Dig from LucasArts? The Dig? Do you remember The Dig? You too young for The Dig. I can't remember it now. So uh, it's a game that was inspired by Steven Spielberg's Amazing Stories series. So you take control of Commander Boston Lowe. He's part okay. of a five-man team planting explosives on an asteroid to avert collision with Earth. Discovering an asteroid is hollow, Lowe and his team are transported to a long-abandoned complex filled with advanced technology on a strange alien world. Lowe and his companions must utilize xenoarchaeology to learn how the technology works, discover the fate of the alien race that built it, and solve other mysteries to find a way to return home. So it's Doom point meets click. Mist meets 2001 A Space Odyssey. I'm going to go home and... Yeah, in the point-and-click manner. Definitely legally somehow download that now. It's probably on the abandoned web website. Oh, yeah. I reckon it probably yeah. lives there. Also this week, Nintendo uh, did a, an exposition, he did a software exhibition in Japan, seventh annual Nintendo Space World software exhibition, to be exact, mm -hmm. where they showcased a playable version of a little device they were calling the Ultra 64. Yeah, I've never taken one. <laughs> never had one. 13. Yeah. Sega does what Nintendo. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> bah, 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 bah. Uh, Kirby 64, Super Mario 64 were available in playable form. It's, so, I mean, it's a landmark console. Oh, absolutely. I still I piss myself whenever it. You if you read up about the original Final Fantasy VII 
which was supposed to be an N64 game. It had a different story, different cast of characters, I believe. Uh, but it was like, oh, this looks awesome when they showed on the tech demo. And it's like, yeah, it's just going to take like 19 cartridges. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, right. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave that. <laughs> yeah. And then we get one of the greatest games of all time out the back of it. On three CDs, which is far more palatable than 19 mm. cartridges. Oh, fat back cases. Oh, oh, the double PS1 cases. <laughs> that feeling of accomplishment when you, when you got to the end of disc one. Oh, it's like, please ah. insert disc two. And it's like, yeah! this is the best yeah. weekend of my life. <laughs> did you ever breed a gold chocobo? No. I did. No. I uh, mm-hmm. I, tried, I got way into 10. 10 was one where I got really into. But in terms of like the, oh, nine. Nine was like, yeah, nine I played the Nine felt more like seven, of. which I quite liked. Yeah, like seven, I, I, I liked it, but I kind of grew to appreciate it more later. But nine, nine was like, I think I was the perfect age and it was my perfect type of like fantasy style for the time when it was all kind of like airships and crazy fucking medieval life and monkey boy and like, you know, just classic adventure in it. Steampunky. Yeah. And it's like, we're going to kidnap the princess. It's like, no, we're not kidnapping her. She's coming from, she's running away with us. (laughs) And it just turns into this whole thing. It's it's great. It's a very fun game. Anyway, so that's the that's the boring real world. Let's look at the wrestling world this week. Do you want a bit of um, World War Three battle royal booking bollocks? Go on a then. A bit of battle. Oh, this will this will get us in the mood for Nitro this week in the best possible oh, way. God. One particular man stands out on this week's episode of Nitro. Yeah, and that man is the yellow and red monstrosity known as Terry Belair, aka Hulk Hogan. Uh, according to the he observer, never went out. He went under the rope, guys. Oh, absolutely. He, he never went out, guys. He went <laughs> under the rope. And he will tell you that at length. Oh, yeah. Uh, Terry, according to Wrestling Observer this week, Terry Taylor, who was in charge of working backstage to get the words of the wrestlers to get eliminated in the Battle Royal, was given a sheet of paper listing the first 50 eliminations. The final 10 eliminations were called by Hulk Hogan in the ring. They wouldn't even let the booking committee know the storyline of the finish. So the Red Rooster's to blame here. Fuck the Red Rooster. The Rooster should have got involved. I can't believe that the Rooster should have gone in and went, no, Terry, no. This is not how this is going to go down. Mm. And then he, you know, gets his hair all spiked up. And then he goes in and wins it. Ah, so they get 61. Yeah. That'd have been fun. Yeah. But Hogan had already booked te- the last 10. So he gets eliminated by the giant and they fight off and the world looks at them. But it was as the- we were kind of getting down the numbers where Hogan went, actually change your plan, brother. I'm going to work an angle at the end. <laughs> Fuck off, Hogan. You immortal oh, one. You are going to be furious with Hogan by the end of this week. <laughs> um, in other news, uh, it looks as though Michael Buffer won't be doing UFC events anymore. WCW gave Michael Buffer an ultimatum because they felt UFC was competition. Since WCW runs more. wrong. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> Since WCW runs more shows per year than UFC, most likely he would choose the one that gives him the most dates. Well, he sets his rate, doesn't he? So, Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's the guy. He's the guy. Do I get paid a million a month or a million a week? Yeah. I I imagine they had to fucking, like, pay him for the rights to the catchphrase for even the title of the game Ready to Rumble. Like, it's it's just, oh, my God, yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah but yeah. then Bruce comes in, you know, Bruce comes in, the UFC does well with Bruce. Like, Bruce is still there now. Bruce is still great. I think. I think, yeah. I yeah. Think, I'm sure Michael Buffer has since popped back up in the UFC. Yeah, but Bruce is there. It's time! Like, yeah. He's got his own He's thing He's cemented that. Like, UFC is his now. I was watching an old Royal Rumble recently, and it was the one at Madison, the most recent one from Madison Square Garden, and it completely threw me because I forgot they'd booked Michael Buffer to do it. Yeah. I was like, what? 
that's weird. <laughs> that's like a bit. That's like yeah, a but bit, it's a bit like looking at an uncanny, uncanny valley picture. That's like I can't. That's one of the things about the nineties, though, that I just fucking love. That uh, that a ring announcer could be that famous that everybody knew who he was. Mm. Like the second you even heard a syllable out of his mouth, it was like that. It was like when we used to go to the rugby, the guy that used to do the Sky Sports voiceover. Whenever we'd mm. meet him, it was like trippy because it was like, fuck, that's your voice. You just have like the most golden voice ever. This is insane. And that's his voice all yeah. the time. And you're like, why is that still a thing? Yeah, and that's he's just very still there like, I'll have a pint of bitter. <laughs> <laughs> On Sky. <laughs> uh, Steve Austin. I don't know why we keep talking about Steve Austin. He left WCW. Yeah, he's a loser. What's why. he going to do? Apparently, he's considering going to all Japan which will allow him to work uh, more dates between tours. Well, if he takes his ugly mug over there, we'll never have to worry about him in American wrestling again. <laughs> well, apparently, <laughs> WWF is still very interested in him as well. Nah, I can't see that going anywhere. No? Nah. Nah, I can't. Unless they want to make him some form of master of the ring. Mm, nah, be rubbish. Yeah. Be rubbish, that would be. Um, so we're going to go over to Nitro for this week. A fun fact, before the cameras started rolling, they had a tryout match uh, with Cobra being beaten by... Gorgeous George? Oh, wait, what? Are we talking... Gorgeous George? No, hold on. There are two Gorgeous Georges in W... There are three Gorgeous Georges. There are three Gorgeous Georges. Gorgeous George I. Gorgeous George Axe. What's the plural for Gorgeous George? Gorgeous George I. Who's the second one then? Because the third one is Randy Savage's valet. It is. But who who is the other one? Uh, Who is the one that got the tryout? Not a clue. Okay, I'll go tell you. Gorgeous George, uh, currently being played by Rob Kellum from Memphis. Do you know who Rob Kellum would go the on to be? The name rings a bell. Kellum would, would come back to WCW under a different name. He would perform as the maestro. Oh, God, the fucking maestro. <laughs> we got that to look forward oh, to. Oh, no. I thought we were past that. No, no. Fuck. The Stro turns up in 2000. Oh, but here he's Gorgeous George, which makes sense when you think about the maestro. Yeah. As if you're going to do a Gorgeous yeah. George rip, you, maestro's a good show. I'm just thinking of the fucking grand Pierre. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, my shit. We're going to have to Who is excited for the maestro versus Ernest Miller? Oh. Rock versus In fact, well, I, I fucking, I loved, I loved the cat as yes. a kid. I fucking loved Ernest Miller. <laughs> you're going to love watching the maestro versus the cat in a few years' time. <laughs> So, WCW is underway. It is the night after World War Three. Yep. They're reflecting on the night. The first thing that we see isn't the finish, isn't Savage winning the title. No, 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 no. It's Hogan cutting a promo at the very start of the show. Yeah, and Bischoff sells it to you. Well, we got all the action from last night, and oh, it's such an intense, action-filled night, and action, action, here's a promo. Considering that... And they don't even leave in the bit where Sting, out of caution, has to put the fire out with a shit water bottle that fans <laughs> Like... I think it's just considering the fact that Savage just won the world title, they don't show any footage. They make sure the first bit of footage they have is Hogan. Course. Talking about wanting to win the battle role that he doesn't win. I Can you imagine just being a fly on the wall in WWF headquarters? Like, because mm. whoever's job it is to just keep tabs on this shit must have been howling. I knew that... Like, they're in a bad place right now, but fucking, they don't have Hogan monopolizing their storylines and TV. Oh, could you imagine if they did? Bless them. I I knew from from reports and stuff that Hogan was, um, part of my language, uh, a cunt around this time. (laughs) Uh, Do do go on. It's only (laughs) watching it, I realize 
how big a cunt he was. Yeah. Like week to week. Like this show in particular is a is a is a fine example of yeah. of, of Hogan being. Well, he's what he's 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 early forties here, mm. late thirties, early forties. So that's the point in time where a wrestler would is would is he? He's got to be. Is, no way was Hogan the same age as me when he was doing this. No, he's got to be. Um, no, what Hulk Hogan age? So at the moment, Hulk Hogan is at the tender age of 68. He might have been, you know. Uh, so calculator. So because I was going to say it kind of, it kind of like smacks a bit of of like holding on to your spot. Mm-hmm. That's like whenever you see him kind of do stuff, it's always a bit. And we'd know, you know, we'd know moving forward after NWO, it would all come out that Hogan was kind of on the fence about it, that his management in particular were like, revenue, you're a heel, no. Mm-hmm. Um, so he he kind of takes the jump on that and, yeah. it, and it, it revitalizes his entire career. But at this point, he it's almost like, because he's about a year out, it's almost like he's scrambling just to kind of be like, not like actively, not on camera, not flustered. He's fucking Hulk Hogan. Whatever he says goes mm. anyway. But it feels like he's maybe overextending his reach a little bit just to maintain that powerful aura. Because he feels like he has when to. In what, like eight months time, he's not going to even have to bother. His aura is like here and everybody thinks this is like the top NWO hits and he's the fucking third man and boom, mm. it's just monolithic. He's 41 at this point. A yeah, a bit of quick maths. So that's kind of like the age of wrestler traditionally, way back would would retire, right? Yeah, we'll they think start about stepping of... out, especially somebody who'd already acted and stuff, and you know maybe could have branched further out if he'd kept going at it. Yeah, like because you know you don't need to be a good actor if you look good. Like no. not in not in those days. <laughs> Just fucking put an action movie together, give you some cool one liners, and then shoot you. That's <laughs> <laughs> basically yeah. <laughs> That was how it worked, and he had a couple more years of doing that. But could, but you know, should be winding down his wrestling career. Yeah, in doing and moving into something like that. Uh, as uh, as much this week as as it happens, Hogan put out a thing where he said, "I don't think I'll I'll wrestle again." To yes. which everybody went, "Yeah, okay." That's fine. this week, twenty twenty two. Yes, but yeah, it's, it's uh, he's like, "I don't think I'll ever be able to wrestle." Like, Fuck that! If Saudis rang up, you'd be there in a heartbeat. But it's more. It's like I, I, I don't think anyone's asked. I think he's just. He's putting that out there with the same energy as somebody going, okay, I'm leaving now. It's the immortal. It's the immortal tattoo. That's it. That's the one thing. Yeah. Because he looks ridiculous with that. Like the big (laughs) fucking Meshuggah font. Just immortal (laughs) across his back. He's got to be bald by now. That hair has to be sewn in into the the bandana. It's just a, yeah, oh, there's think, no fucking way. I can't find a picture of him without his bandana on at all. Oh, he's very protective of like that. current picture at all. I'd just own it if I were Hogan. But I just no, own you it. can't now nah, cuz like Shawn Michaels doesn't look the same. No. But Shawn Michaels has got that kind of cool swagger. Hogan's just kind of like I don't even know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> He's just Hulk Hogan now. He's yeah. not Terry Belea anymore. Yeah. He's got the kind of Ric Flair issue where like where Richard Fleer is no longer with us, but yeah. Ric Flair is. Yeah. And Terry Belea is, is long gone, but Hulk Hogan is yeah, always Yeah, just hanging out in his is is hang out in suspiciously in Clearwater, Florida, which is isn't it owned by like Scientologists, nearly that entire city? <laughs> is it really? Hulk Hogan getting in there. Lay the smack down on Xenu. <laughs> oh, he could do. Maybe. That's Tom Cruise next time I see him. <laughs> uh, we open this That's week. the annual Tom meetup. Yeah, all the Toms <laughs> get together. You come to the Tom. You can't. I'd invite you, but you can't come. It's all the Toms get together. We all do. Me, Tom Cruise. 
Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> You're getting nowhere near me and Sam Neil. Oh, the Sam beat up. Or yeah. Sam Raimi. Yeah, that's a cool one. Yeah. Cool. We can hang out with yeah. Sam Raimi. Samwise Gamgee. Oh, fuck yeah. I'll hang out with Samwise Gamgee. He's awesome. <laughs> Fireman Sam. Yeah, a bit of a bit of a prude, but you know. <laughs> but he's good. Gets, he's, gets the round in. He's good. He gets around in, and it's good for health and safety. Yeah, you know, if you set somebody on fire accidentally, mm. too drunk, uh, <laughs> and, like he's there to put them out. I'll sort that out, boy. Or just turn around and be like, I'm not on duty. <laughs> I'm not on duty. <laughs> Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Open Nitro this week with a rematch from World War Three. Johnny B. Bad and Diamond Dallas Page. Yes, um, except Johnny B. Bad has won. Uh, what is the, the Diamond do- Doll? The Diamond Doll. She's referred to as at the moment. She's now the Diamond Doll. Um, yeah, and Andy lets her uh, pop off his big uh, gun. <laughs> <laughs> does pop off his big gun. While he's flinging frisbees into the faces of children in the front row. Just, bah! <laughs> have those, That's what bastard. they should have done. They should have just started, like, <laughs> soaking it in, like, stench, and then just turned him heel and had him just launching it into people's faces. There's a very funny moment as they're getting into the ring. So Johnny B. Bad holds the rope open for Kimberly. Yeah. So holds the, holds, it sits there, so he's got the middle rope down and the top rope up. Yeah. But Kimberly misreads this cue yeah. and decides to go under the bottom rope, where right now, because B Bad is holding the rope she's down, properly, there's even less room than scrambling before. Through. <laughs> so she, she does well with it, but it's like <laughs> he was holding the rope open for her and she goes to the rope underneath. Only to get back out the ring almost immediately afterwards. <laughs> yeah. She fires off the big gun, the confetti gun, and then just gets out of the ring. Uh, his, his opponent is uh, the former uh, Diamond Dolls partner, Johnny uh, Diamond Dallas Page, yes, who comes out with a bunch of flowers. Now I didn't notice this uh, when we did World War Three because we talked all the way through it. 
Do you know it is that Diamond Dallas Page's music sounds a bit like Black Lace Superman? <laughs> yeah, he would go on to have like a... Was it Diamond Dallas Page who had the Smells Like Teen Spirit ripoff yeah, as well? Yeah, South High Five. Yeah, you, 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 yeah, yeah. There's a, lot of, uh, there's a lot of inspired music, should we say, in WCW. But, but do take time to listen to this from Nitro. It does sound like Superman by Black Lace. It's really <laughs> weird. Uh, DDP brings out flowers for the Diamond Doll. Offers yep. of flowers. Uh, B-Bad is livid with this, and he looks like he's about to start shouting at Kimberly. That's my prize. <laughs> yeah. That's my property. Yeah, I own that woman now. Hippity hoppity. I won her fair and square in a match, <laughs> and I'm sending her to college. <laughs> She's going to go learn. Uh, <laughs> learn not to mess well, with he you. Said, he said it at the, the baby view, didn't he, when she was like panicking because she, she changed hands somehow. Yeah, that was it. And he was like, we're going to achieve all your dreams. <laughs> yeah, you're going to... She was like... <laughs> <laughs> But even in this, she's quite confused. Yeah. More so when DDP gives her flowers. Yes. And once he gives Kimberly the flowers, he sucker punches Johnny B. Bad to get the match yes. underway. Incidentally, this week, uh, according to The Observer, uh, Diamond Doll is in Muscle Mag International. Ah. Doing, a, doing, a, doing a swimsuit model spread. She's listed as Kimberly Page. Yeah. Um, which, was, which led to a bit of confusion because, like, well, Page isn't her real name. She's married to Diamond Dallas Page, yeah. whose name is um, Page Falkenberg. Frank Miller. That's Frank, his name. Sub Diamond. Can't be, his real name is Diamond Dallas Falkenberg. <laughs> um, but no, so obviously she's Kimberly Falkenberg, but yeah. she's gone with Page's. Uh, yeah, like as a professional name. name. Yeah, like a nom de guerre. A nom de plin or nom de guerre. Uh, so the match gets underway. Page is sucker punched bad. Uh, Kimberly's outside the ring with this bunch of flowers. She She's put them down on like the, the ring steps and then she goes to pick them back up, right? Yes, she does. Yeah. But then when she picks them back up, she she pulls out what a chain. Yeah, she's like, oh, oh, what's that doing in there? Like she's kind of shocked by it, it looks. Yeah. And she's she wrestles with it a bit. Like the referee's got his back to her and she's just kind of stood there. The crowd's like, oh, and she's like, um, and it's like, just drop it. And she's like, um, and commentary like, just drop it. And yeah. she's like, um, <laughs> and then she hides it in her hands. Yes. Yeah. She's she quite... just kind of stood at ringside with this kind of, and she keeps looking at it like, oh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> Whilst while she is torn, there is a fun little match happening in the ring. Yeah. Favorite spot of the match is very early on. Johnny B. Bad goes for a tilt-a-whirl head scissors. Yeah. Pace turns it into a tombstone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. nice. Very, very nice. Just a big old plant. I don't think I've ever seen that. It's just very, very. You should do it. You should bring it back. I'm going to try it now. Yeah, but I think because Undertaker's move is the tombstone, so there's always yeah. very protected. You don't see tombstones very often in no, the WWE. AEW's making them DDTs now, aren't they? Yeah, they're just basically everyone's doing the that's what, I've, that's what I've seen people complaining about online. The pile driver is <laughs> the new DDT. <laughs> yeah. Everything. Hey, look, everyone, look, in 10 it's, years' it's, time, it's everyone will be doing it. It's the times, F5. right? Yeah, it's the times. Shit changes with the times. Everyone's Although pile driver is pretty dangerous move to be busted out so regularly. Yeah. But it's, it's it, when it like, when it's, I've never like once sat there watching an AW match and got fucking hell, another pile driver. Like, it's always like, <gasps> Like and it, it always gets sucked into the moment, so it's still working. It's not like I'm like, oh, not again. Do you think that might change after a while, though? Where like we might get diminishing returns. No, because Tony Tony's told me his secret plan is to actually make the Canadian destroy. It's going to be quarterly. There's going to be a different um, move every quarter, right? That's that's the that's the plan. Do you know what they did at the pay per view that annoyed me? A <laughs> dub. What the amount of fucking moves off the apron. Like, come on. Like, every I'm just, match. You, I'm preconditioned to that shit now, though. I'm preconditioned to it. Like, you, you watch enough 
kind of modern indie wrestling, you go to enough shows, it, it's just the ringside area is just in play more and more now. Yeah. To the point where I'm, I'm just, so long as it's, you know, in the central area, I'm just kind of like, eh. Yeah, I guess. I just felt like every match had something off the apron. Yeah. I was just like, come on now. <laughs> anyway, the match carries on between Paige and Bad. Eventually, Paige goes, hey, Diamond Dog, give me the chain that I gave you. Yeah, uh, he's like, hey, hey, like trying to grab it from her. But then, but yeah, so he, so she goes like she's going to throw it to him, but she throws it between his legs. To Mark Merrow, yeah. So I'll be bad, who puts it in his hand and pop. Ba-boom. And referees turned around to turn around to her and go, hey, don't you be throwing <laughs> any weapons in here. Oh, there's a pin. One, <laughs> in two, an three. unrelated note, there is a pin. <laughs> I'll talk to you later, though. <laughs> uh, one, two, three, and bad wins. Uh, Kimberly is delighted. She yep. says that was the point. He was meant to win. Yeah, she's kind of, well, she is delighted. She's kind of more relieved than anything. Mm. But then there's still the question of, did she know about the chain? Yeah. Is she in on this? And so she's kind of stood there going, he won, he won. Then uh, that's the whole point of it, isn't it? Yeah, you won. And he's like, but what was that? And she's like, but you won. Do you think it was meant to be, maybe they were teasing the idea that, she meant to throw it to Paige, but she missed. Maybe I was thinking more that Mero looked up, clocked it, and um, she threw it to him instead. Ah, very subtle. As like a, oh, he's caught me. I think it was almost like with when Paul Heyman threw the title between Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. And went, yeah. You know what you have to do? Yeah. Like, kept it very, <laughs> yeah. uh, very vague. Fight uh, over my affection. Fight for my love. Tony Schiavone, after the match, tells us that Hulk Hogan will be facing the newest member of the Dungeon of Doom, Hugh Morris, later on. I put Tony Schiavone. I meant Eric Bischoff. Uh, don't know why I was thinking of Schiavone at that point. Hogan's going to face the newest member of the Dungeon of Doom, Hugh Morris, later tonight. When did Hugh Morris join the Dungeon of Doom? Because we watched Nitro last week. It might have been on uh, Saturday night. Ah, all pro. Yeah. That might make sense. I feel like we missed a beat. Uh, plus, the Luger, situa- Luger Sting situation will yep. be resolved tonight. It won't, but yeah. Spoiler, yep. it won't be resolved tonight. Uh, Tony Schiavone. You know, I put Tony Schiavone again. Uh, mean Gene. I don't know why I was thinking of Tony so much. Mean got Gene. got Tony on the mind. <laughs> <laughs> I just got Tony on my mind. <laughs> Mean Gene is chatting with Jimmy Hart and Kevin Sullivan yeah. on the ramp. These, like, I feel like every week we have to get promo time with Jimmy Hart and Kevin Sullivan. Well, Eric Bischoff, Eric Bischoff has to be able to shout, take it away, Gino. Mm. And they're probably the two closest people by every time. Yeah, Maybe they all smoke or something. They're all outside and he hears, take it away, Gino. He's like, shit. Quick, just get over, get over, get over it. (laughs) Sullivan sizes up uh, Hart, asking him why Luger and Sting are running around together. He's upset that Sting talked him round from breaking Luger's arm last week. Yeah. Um, Where does it go from there? (laughs) It kind of devolves into a bit of shouting. Yeah. And then uh, Jimmy Hart mentions a couple of people. He mentions Sting and Luger, I think. And then Sullivan goes. Sting and Luger, or whoever the names were, and then just follows him to the back. And that's it, isn't it? It, yeah, just, like does, a, it just wanders it's off. It's like a, oh, well, everything's going to be all right. Yeah. I'll see you in the back. Well, that's it. We'll so... continue our talk later away from international TV, <laughs> where our plans will be leaked to all the boys in the back. <laughs> so weird, because Mean Gene instigated the interview. Yeah. Sullivan just completely dismisses Mean Gene and goes, Jimmy, I want a private chat with you. Yeah, and, and Jimmy's then... like, I was your first manager. And, you know, just really trying to tug at old Kevin Sullivan's heartstrings. Tug. If there are such a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Give him a good tug. And then they just go to the back. So it's like, you might as well just had all this chat in the back. Yeah. He didn't need <laughs> to be out here. Um, Gino's like, got away with it again. <laughs> slick motherfucker. Another he paycheck. lights up another cigarette and just walks to the back. Call the hotline. <laughs> 
That man $5 is getting, a minute. That man is getting paid. <laughs> we get another rematch from World War Three. Yep. Uh, QE Suzuki and Miami Ozaki versus Bulacano and Akira Hokuto. Yes, and oh boy, is this match problematic. Oh! Fuck. Well, not the match, oh but the, the, the commentary. The match is, is very The good. match is great, but the commentary is fucking... Ooh. So uh, it's a wild. So so on comms, we've got Mongo, we've got Bish, and we've yeah. got Heenan. Now Heenan is sort of the is the Sonny Sonny Ono's go between for WWE. Yes, and he New is Japan. the he is the Far East liaison for for WWE WCW. Basically, yeah. yes. So um, throughout this match, so so Heenan's putting over. The, the Japanese contingent yeah. in WCW, which, which is which is fine. And of course, like the other commentators don't know much about it and are kind of asking questions or being a bit prodding or picking sides. And Bobby's just kind of sat there in the middle of it. Uh, but yeah, I don't think it bears repeating any of it. But if you're watching along, I'm sure you'll have... Uh, Quite a few very cringe moments mm, like we did. A few very cringe moments from all involved. Uh, it's a wild brawl from the off. Order restored quickly with Hokuto and Nakano taking over on Ozaki. Uh, Nakano misses a leg drop uh, off the top. It gives uh, yeah. Suzuki and Ozaki an opening. They do what I've written here as a friendship double stomp. Yes. Where they're both on the top rope. They put their arms around <laughs> each other and just kind of <laughs> fall off with a double stomp. <laughs> The friendship double stump, or as Heenan called it, the Oriental Heimlich, yep. or as Mongo called it, liposuction for her big old tummy. Yeah, so. yeah, I forgot about that. Line. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 weird how like like both sides will go. Oh, Bull Carlo, she's a bit bit bit, bit fat, isn't she? Like you never hear them say that about any male wrestler, yeah. and it's just yeah. does not age it's, well. No, not at all. And you know you can say time and place, but at the same time, fucking hell. Yes, <laughs> fucking hell. Amazing somersault sent on from Hokuto. Uh, to the outside very late on, followed by a snowplow, mm -hmm. uh, a fisherman's, I think it was like a fisherwoman's buster. Right. I think it was. I was trying to like, I watched it a couple of times and I, I don't know what a snowplow would be otherwise known as. Yeah. Because obviously that was Al Snow's finisher, which is like sort of a suplexy yeah. pile driver yeah, type it's affair. Like a mixy thing, isn't it? But she hooks the legs, so it's obviously a fisherwoman's yeah. type thing. It's a good finish uh, yeah. uh, for the one, two, three. Uh, a touch back in terms of uh, quality on their WW3 match, but no insult because it's still very, very good. Oh, yeah, very, very good. Very good. There's very less stiff. time here. The, um, the crowd were really on side as well by the mm. middle of it, which was very nice. Uh, they tease uh, a big announcement regarding Starcade during this match. Yep. We don't get the announcement this week, nope. but it's leading to uh, a, a very unique Starcade. Yeah. At the end of the year involving the Japanese contingent from New Japan. So more on that in it's a gonna bit. It's going to be tasty. I know what you're thinking, Sam. You're thinking, we haven't heard from Hogan in a while. It's been about 22 minutes. 22 minutes without Hogan. I imagine the ratings are just... Yeah, they're dipping off. Caving in at this point. Is he eating pasta? He must be having some pasta. Must be. But he's pastered up because it's, loading. it is time for his match on the night. It is uh, the newest member of the Dungeon of Doom. So we think it was an episode of Saturday Night he rocked up. Yeah. Had to be. Uh, Hugh Morris in action. This is also the first time we see Hugh Morris on Nitro. Yeah, old Bill DeMott. Bill so DeMott in his would, early career. He would go on to be probably more successful and more known in WCW for being uh, General Hugh G. Rection. Tee -hee, uh, <laughs> from the Misfits in Action. 
Uh, and and that was kind of what, like ninety eight? I want to say 90, no, 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 ninety nine, ninety nine, two thousand. Yeah, yeah, they were like kind of around for the for the dying breaths almost. Uh, mm. But he's he's more known, I'd say, for that. But early in his career, yeah, he's kind of. I would say he was known to... as the laughing man Hugh Morris for more than he was as Hugh. G. I think Reg. he's known as something entirely different now. But uh, uh, oh, yeah, oh yeah, very yeah. different. Bill Demott would go on to be one of WWE's trainers, and uh, just read up on it yourself. Uh, you can check out a history of Deep South Wrestling on yeah. the Cold Dollar YouTube channel. There's a lot said about Bill Demott there and his methods. Yes, uh, he is in action as Hugh Morris against Hulk Hogan, and I didn't even know this match was ever a thing. Hulk Hogan versus Hugh Morris. He's got to beat every single member of the, the Dungeon of Doom, brother, brother. Do you reckon that's what it was? He went, oh, I couldn't help but notice you. Uh, <laughs> You've got a new guy. New Dungeon of Doom guy there now. We need to uh, make sure That looks sure like a nice that job. That looks like a nice, easy job. <laughs> <laughs> it's just put me in mind, and, and we lost him this week, uh, Scott Hall. Yeah. Uh, God bless Rosa Rabone. What uh, The line, what's your finisher? Can't wait to kick out yeah. of it. <laughs> <laughs> and my favorite tribute from D was was from DDP, who yeah. said, uh, like, even to the end, uh, Scott refused to put death over. Once you finish a death, can't wait to kick out. Eventually, he eventually he didn't, but he didn't put death over clean. Yeah. <laughs> God bless you, Scott. I'm looking forward to talking about you in a few months' time. Uh, Hogan does an arm drag. He bloody wrestles here. He can bust it out when he wants. When he like, wants to put an when he wants to, he can he can bring it. Yeah. Uh, arm drag takedown early on before he resorts to hot dogging and biting. Yes. Uh, Morris gets some offense in on Hogan, does a lovely diving clothesline out of the corner. Mm -hmm. Of course, hits a back rake. He's a, <laughs> he's a good explosive big talent though, mm. Morris, at this stage. Like before because the misfit stuff gets a little bit too just over the top, like character heavy. But this is like a good example of his explosive in-ring ability. Like he he's got that kind of Vader sort of just the speed to it with the raw power. It, it really is, you know, somebody you would look at at the time with WCW, like all day. He's a more nimble John Tenter. Yeah. And I say that with love for John Tenter. Yeah. Um, you better. I certainly do, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear the crowd chanting Hogan, says Bischoff, as the crowd is silent. <laughs> It's just he's just got Mongo. <laughs> he could I don't know like Bish God bless Bischoff, but no, you can't. No one's saying anything. They're sat just watching. They do pop for when Morris hits the moonsault and Hogan Hogan hulks up big boots with leg drops. There is a bit of a pop yeah. for Hogan when all that goes down. I just love that top rope maneuvers still get such a loud pop in this time. <laughs> it's not even that long ago. Oh, I know. But yeah. Big pop. Anybody top. goes up top, it's like, whoa! Still feels special. <laughs> yeah. You what AW stopped in pile drivers. Fuck, when you get a dive to the outside, it's like, oh! And everybody's like on their ass. <laughs> it's true. I like the fact that we're at that point where the top right moves are still a bit. Wow. Uh, Hogan wins. Hogan heads to the back. And that's his night done. Definitely. He's got yeah. no other segments tonight. No, no, none at all. No reason for him to come out ever again. No, except he's going to come straight back out immediately. <laughs> he's going to walk through the curtain, turn right back around on the spot and walk straight back out. It, pretty much. Because what happens next is Mean Gene Oakland <laughs> introduces the new world champion. <laughs> Macho man Randy Take it Savage. Away, Gino. Shit. Randy. <laughs> <laughs> Put that cigarette out. Uh, Savage is ecstatic. Chucks out a cheeky plug for Slim Jim. According to all challengers, if you need a little excitement, snap into the Macho Man. <laughs> oh, 
Uh, he's making bank on he is Slim making Jim. Bank. Fuck it. Got... Slim Jim would be nothing without Macho Man. Gene plugging the hotline. Yeah. Savage plugging Slim Jim. People complain that WWE is too corporate now. Like they should have had British Bulldog on. They should have had British Bulldog on Pepper Army over here. They missed a trick. They should have. We we discussed. They should have had him sponsored by Burger. They King. They should have stolen the exact catchphrase as well. It should have been like you know, <laughs> snap into a Pepper Army. <laughs> <laughs> you need a little excitement. Snap into a. Pepperami. He's falling on his ass. <laughs> Gene references the cloud of controversy over Savage's win at World War Three. Yeah. Of course, like a fucking dog whistle that brings out Hulk Hogan, who yeah. cannot bear to have Savage standing on his own He's for five still minutes. In fucking ring gear. He's still sweated and just pops up behind Randy and he's like, look, here's how it goes, everybody. Hogan. I, I I was such a Hulkamaniac as a kid. Same. When he fucking came back, I, I was still, I was buying into it with the Mr. America shit. I, mm. I was fucking full blown like, yeah, this is not awesome, but, but you know, entertaining. Yeah. I'm glad because of that, I'm a lapsed fan at yeah. this point because I'd have despised Hogan oh. in this night, in this WCW run. Because Savage is out there. Savage has probably spoke for 40 seconds yeah. as world champion. And Hogan fucking marches out and but he there's a dominates reason, there's a the reason shot. he's like the most if you if you showed a picture or if you asked anybody to name a wrestler i still swear to god i still think we had this conversation say, in the upstairs yeah, office i still think people would say a broad sway that people would say hogan mm. and it's behavior like this that burns him into your brain yeah as a kid like he could do no wrong as a like as me watching him as a kid it was like it's fucking hulk hogan he's like the good guy it's true so you just bought into it like you didn't even question it it was just like He's mm. the good guy. He is, and and but he, I would have struggled maybe yeah. at this point because um, Hogan comes out and like immediately like dominates the shot, yeah, making sure that like his body is taking up more room than Savage. He's really is. good at it. He's really good at it. He's so good at it. Yeah. And it's fucking awful. He's so but good again, at it. it. It's it's how he it's it's how he is, man. Mm. Like it's, it's it's get him out there. What's the the whole like Hogan must pose thing? Like in WWE, like there's, yeah, he's he's. Uh, I mean, fuck, we saw it. Where did we see it recently? Was it not World War? Th it was World War Three when it Savage was. wins, and he's just fucking there, just constantly, just, just hogging on him. the shot, hogging the shot, hogging the shot. Just, just in every chance, and yeah. like every chance he gets, whenever Savage talks, he makes sure he talks immediately after. Didn't it Savage. happen when Savage won the belt at WWF at the time? Yeah, like, he was out. Yeah, to, he, he was, was out on WrestleMania five, fucking arm up, and he was like, yeah. Hulk Hogan approves this guy, but I'm going to get this belt again soon. He was right in there. He always is. He's bloody Savage's shadow, and it's so upsetting. Um, Hogan demands there be some justice because he yeah. wasn't eliminated. He wants the footage to be rolled from World War yeah. Three. So we start seeing the footage from World War Three, And then... It's been scrambled. Oh, New what? World Order. And he's like, no, brother, no. They're, they're rolling again, rolling again. And then things happen, don't the, they? The VHS tape got chewed, so you couldn't yeah. see the moment that Hogan's belly aching about. To which Savage is like, well, I don't see anything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was cute. You should have just turned on it. Why don't you fuck off, Terry? <laughs> I was, well, I hope in one week, Hogan comes out giving it all this, and, and Savage just goes... Fuck off, Terry! There's gonna be, I reckon there's gonna be quite a lot of eye rolling going on as we progress toward 99. Like, there's gonna be a lot of the music hits and people just going mm. in the ring. Like, <laughs> most definitely. But before any more can come off this, as Hogan yeah. and Savage are chatting, here comes the giant. I, 
attacks Hogan from behind. While Hogan's trying to explain, no, the footage is definitely on the tape. I don't know what's going on. This <laughs> so what happened. I put the tape in myself. The dog ate it. Yeah. A giant flattens Hogan. <laughs> And then it gives Savage, the world champion, a choke slam on the ramp, and Savage is out. Hogan of so Hogan staggers to the ring. Giant wants to beat up Hogan some more. Hogan fights back. Yeah, he takes the fight to the ring. Takes the fight to the where ring. It's the most visible. Everyone can see what's going on. Yeah. And then he gets a steel chair and he batters the giant with a steel yeah. chair. Interesting point from Meltzer. It's been against WCW policy since the early part of the year. Uh, no steel chairs should be used. Obviously, different rules for Hogan. Well, yeah, that and shit's going to change soon because uh, a little Philadelphia startup is kind of doing mm -hmm. doing the rounds right now and they're using a lot of old weapons. So uh, I think we're going to maybe see an uptick in violence mm -hmm. over the next few years, are we? <laughs> Hogan does, yes. With and, and, for, and we start that pretty much here for WCW because <laughs> Hogan gets the revenge with the steel chair, sending the giant pack in. He clocks the referee by accident. Yeah. Hogan in the ring. Hogan chases the giant out of the ring. Sting comes down to the ring. Yeah, and then Sting drags Hogan all the way back up to where I guess he should be, which is by Savage. And then Hogan starts looking at Savage and saying, oh, he's fine, he's fine, he's fine. And then we cut back to Bischoff, who had like just a glorious little moment when they cut back to Bischoff, who's like, Hogan's saying he's fine, but Hulk Hogan may be many things, but physician certainly is not one of them. <laughs> We're going to get Randy Savage checked out. <laughs> Hogan does Savage's taunt. Yeah. As if to go, give our champ some love in a really patronizing manner. Oh, bless him. Bless him, eh? Don't worry, I fought off the seven-foot monster. Oh, he you had a nice match shit. with Ricky Steamboat, did you? Oh, that's great. He I shit. slammed Andre. Fucking hell. Fuck you, Hogan. <laughs> Hogan's just determinable here, and it drives me mad. Um, so Hogan stands tall. Yep. Somehow this started as let's you promote forget, the you new You forget channel. about Savage by the end of the segment. Yes. Yeah. And that's the point. Yeah. Furious. Um, <laughs> main event o'clock. It's going to be Arn Anderson and Brian Pillman versus mm -hmm. Sting and Lex Luger. How will they coexist? <laughs> <laughs> Just apparently they will, but they won't. <laughs> Uh, Sting comes out, no Luger. And I'm yep. thinking, whoa, this is nice. This has only been three weeks since Sting came out and had no tag partner <laughs> against the Horseman. Um, and then eventually, oh, wait, there he is. It's, a weir it's weirdly done. So, like, there's nothing, 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 nothing. Sting's yeah. out, nobody. And then Luger just wanders out. And they go, oh, there he is. And then three quarters of the way down the ramp is biddly, biddly ring entrance music yeah. starts. I, I, the thing as well here is if you were somebody just tuning in who knew fuck all about the Four Horsemen, you wouldn't re you'd be a bit lost. Mm. So commentary's trying to, you know, like, oh, Lex Luger, you know, the Horseman, Luger, Horseman, Luger, guys, Horseman, Luger, guys, Horseman, Luger, like the entire match. The last <laughs> thing they don't need, the thing is they don't need to add any more, uh, nuance yeah. to what Lugas do because it's already convoluted enough. He's like a fucking pantomime villain. He is. Like with every single motion. But like Luger, like the story with Luger yeah. is currently the story with Luger is he is friends with Sting, yeah. but he's aligned with the Dungeon of Doom. 
Yeah. Like almost like like that's just the thing I'm doing on the side, but I'm also mates with Sting. I'm doing both. The Dungeon of Doom don't know whether Luger's on their side. Sting is uncertain about Luger. Luger's being very gentle. So like very very like very secretive. Yeah. So you're gonna add to that as well. Oh, is he back with the horseman? Why add more? This is already too nuanced. It's, it's to try and you know, WCW always tried to make their, their main events, no matter what the fuck they were, they tried to always make them feel special. And I guess there is a fair bit of explaining because, like, for the the acclimatized wrestling fan who maybe knew more about the Horseman, mm. you'd be like, oh, "Okay, there's that extra little dimension there in this match." Like, oh fuck, mm. could like he might not reform with them, but is he going to go hard on them? You know, are they friends again? Do they? You, you kind of you you kind of up in the air a little bit with it, but when it's just slapped in by commentary, it's like, oh my god, so much shit going on. You could you not have made any room anywhere for just a little horseman promo then, just with Flair to go. Luger used to be with us. I just think we Bear should that have that in mind, Stinger. Yeah, we should have maybe that, or they should have brought Chavo and the little hobby horse forward a bit and <laughs> added him to the horseman. Why not? Yeah. Why not just chuck all shit at the wall? <laughs> A little thing, maybe a little thing like pop-up video from VH1, which yeah. says, Luger used to be in the horseman. <laughs> like with Top of the Pops 2's fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> or like in Triple Jump where the, where the sandwich box opens. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be nice. <laughs> Uh, Sting is on the defense in this one. Luger's actions here are questionable. Yes. Because at one point, Sting is getting back into the rhythm of the match. He puts the Scorpion Deathlock on Arn Anderson, and Pillman's climbing to the top rope. And Luger pushes Pillman off the top and Pillman goes flying into Sting uh, who is who has the death lock and now he's broken it and Sting yeah. is out. So really they're like, "Oh, what what is Luger what's Luger thinking here?" And the th- the problem with this is yeah. right it's either two things. Mm-hmm. It can only be two things. Either Luger is Luger is turning his back on Sting yeah. or Luger is a fucking idiot. Well, I think that's it, all it can be. It might be the latter simply because he also goes out the ring to push Pillman away. Yeah, so he has he, to be a fucking takes, idiot. He takes like 15 fucking minutes getting back to his corner and then wonders why Sting gets walked away from him for the tag. Like, I think Sting's in like a, literally like an arm hold and he's just been walked over to the corner by Arn. But Lex, by hitting Pillman through Pillman further, quicker than his little saunter back round to his corner. <laughs> so Pillman's there ready waiting for the tag. By the time Luger fucking, you know, wipes his shoes clean, <laughs> climbs up and, and has a good little look around. And then he's like, right, match mode. Sting's being walked away. And then Luger's like, ha! <laughs> <laughs> like, fucking get back to your corner. <laughs> You've nobody to blame but yourself, Lex. He's just shit. He's just shit. <laughs> he's just like, well, if I don't get pinned, it's not my loss. <laughs> yeah, there is a... But it, that's, I think that might be what he's thinking. Um, Sting gets worked over for ages. Luger, and it's like, I don't know. It's just, there's just a lack of that real basic wrestling psychology in here, which yeah. really surprises me. Because the whole thing is, Luger is like chomping at the bit to get in this match. Yeah. It's like he's trying to call over the ref. Except he just keeps walking away. Yeah. <laughs> and if, But eventually what he does is, he tries to get into the ring. The ref stops him, so the, the heels double team. Yeah. And instead of going, oh, I have to wait for the hot tag now, he just jumps over the ref and gets in anyway. And the ref goes, all right. But 90s, wild and crazy time. Oh, you know? It's just real basic wrestling storytelling that was just completely lost here. It's all right. If you, love, if you love really basic wrestling storytelling. I love basic wrestling storytelling. give it four years <laughs> and I've got a guy for you. Have oh. I got a guy from New York for you? Have I got a New York? I can't wait to hear bro. all about him, bro. Oh, it's going to be so oh. cool. Uh, so eventually Luger gets bored of waiting for the hot tag and he just jumps in, just a schmoz breaks yeah. out. 
Pillman in the ring, in the center of the ring, suddenly gets scooped up yeah. by... Uh, Keep talking. Oh, yeah, because the, the thing's gone off. Keep talking. Uh, Pillman gets rolled up by Sting, like victory roll, reverse victory roll type affair. One, two, three. Sting wins the match. As the three is going down, yeah. Ric Flair bomb into the ringside area yep. <laughs> and attacks Lex Luger. Yeah, and this all happens so quickly that it's it's none of it's very clear. No. And then it's just kind of happening. And you're like, okay. Luger, so like Flair and Luger are going at it. Like there was never any, like the only beef would be former horseman. Yeah. And in a match against the current horseman. Yeah. <laughs> you, it's, it's, <laughs> I just, it just seems like, I, okay. I, yeah. I mean, I don't know how, the, how else you look at it, really. It, it's, <laughs> it, just seems, it just seems like a lot. Yeah. It just seems like it's, a lot when it could be less. You're going to be begging for these days soon. <laughs> you're going to be begging for matches like this. Soon. This is going to look like <laughs> this is going to look like nuanced storytelling yeah. in comparison to what we've got to come. Um anyway, so Horseman attacks Sting and Luger. Yeah. And, I, and as I'm trying to comprehend like why Luger is suddenly an enemy to the Horseman as well as an enemy to the Dungeon of Doom, possibly teaming with them, possibly teaming with Sting, possibly yeah. not. As I'm trying to figure that out, fucking Hogan. <laughs> Hogan's out again. Hogan runs him off. I, it's he, of course he's got it. He's, the, he's the perennial good guy. But it's again Hogan, and he just overwhelms the horseman, and then gone. It's straight up like fucking. It doesn't like it, it should be horribly shocking and surprising, <laughs> but it's just not. It's really not. It's just not. <laughs> it's just like oh for fuck's sake, he's back out again. It is. <laughs> I thought I told you to lock him in his room, Jimmy. And Jimmy's like <laughs> holding a handle of a door with a chain still very much attached to it. <laughs> He's just punched his way out. If this was if this was EWR or TEW, you'd be getting wrapped on the knuckles, metaphorically, for overusing Hogan on this but the show. Thing is, it's like, I get you want to use him as much as physically possible. He's Hulk Hogan. He's a draw, right? <laughs> and at this time, especially, he's still like, he's a big draw in an industry that is kind of on its ass, like bones of its ass, starting to pick itself up. And, you know, you want to maximize the amount of time he's on screen. So this will have been calculated for, you know, we need you for this, 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 and this, because there's no fucking way that was like, Terry, you're in the first match. He'd be going home straight after. There's no way he wouldn't. Mm. Like, like if it was like, hey, you're going to come and do work for 15 minutes, or do you want to hang around for three hours? Like, you're going to you're gonna do it, but at the same time, it just doesn't make any, doesn't make if, any if, sense. If, <laughs> okay, I, I always figured that with somebody like Hogan, you want to pepper him in. Mm. You want to just pepper a little bit of them in. There's a lot of pepper in every in. show. It's too much pepper. Rather, here. Yeah, there's there's far too I'm much sneezing. Seasoning. It's like yeah, you've accidentally used too big a cup for your measurement, and you've gone fuck. You've done that thing where you pour the pepper, but then the little lids the come lids off. come off. Oh yeah. god, it's, it's just full of pepper now. But you, like, I always thought that with people like Hogan, you want just a little bit here and there on the show. If you're gonna have multiple appearances, just like a little backstage bit and maybe an in-ring bit. But that's all, because then when it comes to pay-per-view time. When you start building toward the next pay-per-view, he should be appearing more and more and more. And I get this is the fallout from a pay-per-view, but mm. largely it's rematches and here's what happened last night and an interview from him. So technically he was only on the show tonight twice, but... It was three times in succession. Yeah. Which is, I think, why... Like, if you're going to use him, I, he I hear what you're saying. Objectively, yeah. subjectively, I hear what you're saying. He is a, still a big draw, yeah. so you want to use him. And you should pepper him. I agree with that. Could you not have maybe... Open the show with Hogan Hugh Morris. 
I think we didn't need the uh, the recap. We we just literally needed um, we needed that to be explained and then open the show with that and then let it sit. And if he needs to come out, do that at the end. I'd have been fine. Have Randy Savage come down to do his address as the champion for like the main event segment. And you can have it all happen there. Mm. And then it's a big moment to end the show on, right? Savage is being attacked. Oh, no. And Hogan's, you know, able to hot dog and grandstand a little bit. But then they're going to have to cut off because, oh, that's all the time we got. Like, you know. But if I, I, I would have I done it. if they And I know Hogan would have said no. Yeah. Start with Hogan Hugh. And just say, Hogan, you're going to get, you're going to go over big. Get out there and match. jerk that curtain. Jerk green that horn. curtain green on. <laughs> have the Savage bit, but have just giant attack Savage. And yeah. then that's that. And then in the main event, you can have Hogan come out and, and, and Hot Dog and Grandstand and save Sting. Yeah, or have Giant come out and somehow get involved and have Hogan come out and attack Giant. But mm. I, I think, yeah, it could have done with a lot less Hogan, but I understand completely why they why they did it. Because, I mean, money, right? Yeah. And he's probably got a, a, an amount of contractual appearances. Oh, know, and, and he's got creative control. Yeah, and he's got creative control. We know control. that by the way that World War Three. was. And called. where currently we were talking about earlier, maybe he's starting to think a bit like, well, fuck, I'm getting on, brother. Like, mm. what's next? Yeah. Like, if it's wrestling, then I need to look strong as. I need to be Bruno. Gotta keep me strong. Yeah. Brother, 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 brother. <laughs> uh, Bischoff ends the show revealing that this Saturday night we'll have a special announcement about Starcade. That's a shame. We'll not see it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to guess Let's guess next what week. it might be I think it's going to be unless Hogan fucking makes the announcement we're not going to see it unless I think that's <laughs> true actually <laughs> if Hogan's not involved he's not in it yeah. unless I think the announcement's going to be that Starcade will be every match Hogan as a, in a different costume yeah wrestling the birth of Mr. America yes it's seven Mr. <laughs> Americas all different colours and, and preservatives it'll Mr. be Mr. Mexico <laughs> this could be very bad yeah. <laughs> Look forward to that next week. Uh, thoughts on Hogan Nitro this week, Hogan, brother Hogan? Ah, it was very Hogan. Very I give it Hogan, a Hogan out, Hogan. Mm, very red and yellow. Hogan. It ruined, it ruined my monitor. <laughs> yeah, well, at least it was red and yellow, though, compared to, you know, Hogan in his in his, his all-black, sad, emo boy attire. That's uh, true. Although, uh, one thing I did notice when we got the recap of that interview was that Hogan was stood there. He's got, at, at World War Three. he was stood there when they showed the recap. He's got his bandana on, his black bandana. He's got his black top. And then he does the dramatic reveal of the the you know the Hulk Hogan in black clothes is dead like Hulk Hogan red you know Hulkamania is back red and yellow yeah the camera pans out to reveal he was in his red and yellow trunks all along yeah so fans have just seen him in his red and yellow gear <laughs> and he's just stood there like and the camera keeps kind of cutting back and like to, like pulling out a little bit so you see more and more of the red and yellow and he <laughs> finally takes it all up like oh who could have guessed it would have been a delicious giveaway. <laughs> I, I like think he had to take his pants off though. He stood there and falls over. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? That might happen next week on Hogan Nitro. Yeah. We'll find out together. Happy Hogan. Until, until we are back together, he is at the Sam Driver on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together we are at Goldholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. Terence Boulder. <laughs> 
Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gays wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic Wrestling News.